Greetings. Welcome to the How We Do Digital Ministry podcast. I'm Christopher Harris, your host, and I'm the founder of Faith Growth. You can find us at faithgrowth.com, where we help church clients build their digital presence and engage with their communities online. On this podcast, I have a conversation with a church leader and ask them to share how they do digital ministry in their community. Today, I'm excited to be talking with Sammy Kelly, known online as Digivangelism. Say that three times fast. Uh, Sammy, please introduce yourself and tell us how you do digital ministry. Thanks, Christopher. I'm very excited to be here today. Uh, as you said, my name is Sammy Kelly. I'm actually the co-owner of Digivangelism, or Digi for short. Uh, so Michelle Barra is my co-partner in this uh, endeavor, and we focus on helping progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light online. And that has evolved over the past couple of years. Digi was a dream for a while. We were uh, serving in a church together and had this passion to help people with their digital ministry. And we had opportunities to speak and we were like, oh, we could help other people beyond our local environment. Uh, but we also had a lot of life things going on. Uh, I was in full-time parish ministry and starting seminary and Michelle was council president and we all know how church things can just kind of get out of control sometimes. So uh, we're grateful that we've been able to get to a place where this can have more of a priority in our lives and are just leaning into it with, uh, with all we've got. I uh, recently finished a year and a half contract on the staff of the Northeastern Pennsylvania Synod of the ELCA. Um, graduated from United Lutheran Seminary in 2019, and now I'm focusing on digi and video editing is another passion of mine. How we do digital ministry? I mean, I said it in, in our mission statement as far as helping progressive leaders of spiritual communities share hope, healing, and light. Like, that's really our goal. If you're sharing hope, healing, and light, and you identify as a progressive leader of spiritual community, we're here for you. Uh, and our, our tagline tends to be like, be church online. We're not just posting about church that happens in the building online. We're actually trying to be church online and helping communities do that too. You know, that's that, uh, that I like that be church online because that's kind of one of my things uh, when I'm helping churches. You know, there's a lot of talk about all worship online or the you know, virtual worship was one of the terms at the beginning of the pandemic. Right now, we're hearing a lot about hybrid. And I understand what they mean, but there's part of me that's like, no, worship is a verb and we're asking them to do this right now. It's not yeah. asking them to do hybrid. To them, it's just like worship online right now. Hybrid is more what you're doing as the leader. And so I don't like that modifier there. <laughs> um, and yeah. I like that be church online. It's not like, oh, let me give you this cool brochure, mm -hmm. you know, and tell you all about us. And then you got to come in person. No, how can we impact their lives and share Jesus with them online? I love that. Be the exactly. church. Um, wonderful. Uh, well, I'm excited because I've been following, as I told you, uh, I've been following y'all's uh, Instagram for about six months now, and I really enjoy the resources you share, um, and I find them very helpful and just easy for people to get started. So, you know, tell me, you know, kind of what might be, you know, you know, from your community, what is like kind of the number one tip? Or, you know, just the churches want to know that's kind of the number one tip or the number one, you know, advice that you give uh, as far as digital ministry is concerned. Ooh, number one, man, I could I could go on for a while with like number two, three, four, five, six. Um, well, we'll we recently, go there. Yeah, we recently 
work, uh, spoke at a faith lead convergence conference and kind of like the running theme that we kept uh, in the presentation was uh, you can't do everything, but you can do something. And mm -hmm. I feel like, so we, you said you found us on social media. We tried to model the whole idea of providing value online. So uh, being church online, you're not just like, hey, come to our potluck. You're not, you're not saying, hey, come in person on Sunday. You're, you're actually offering opportunities for worship, offering opportunities for prayer, for reflection, et cetera. Uh, and so we, we try to model that on a lot of different platforms, sometimes maybe too many platforms, not, not all the platforms. Uh, and we know that that can be overwhelming for church leaders or faith leaders in general to see like, wow, there are so many platforms. I can be church online in so many ways on so many platforms, uh, how do I do this without being burnt out or overwhelmed? And, and so it's, we're always like, just focus on where your people are, really, really take the time to figure that out. And even what you're good at, that's fine to prioritize that and, and lean into those things. Don't feel like you have to do uh, everything because ultimately we need to stay mentally, emotionally, physically healthy uh, in the, in the, the opportunity of sharing spiritual health with other people. I like that, you know, the, the start where your people are at yeah. and what you're, and what you're kind of good at. I, I think those are two good uh, pieces of advice uh, for them to prioritize that. Because um, one of the things that, you know, where your people are at, I mean, what makes your kind of, you know, one of the things that I like to say all the time is what makes every congregation unique is it's like these unique people that God has called mm -hmm. together to the body of Christ. Um, and so, yeah, where are they at? And that's probably the best place to start. And what are you good at? I love it. Um, and it will work because that's that's who your people are right now. <laughs> um, and yeah. you'll be able to invite others. Um, Focusing on them, being consistent with, with reaching out to them where they are to a big thing we try to talk about is consistency. Not that that means 20 times a day, uh, maybe for some congregations, probably not most. Um, but just to consistently being exposing them to, to ways to be community online too. Yeah. I think the consistency is key because if they can't guarantee, if they can't rely that, Hey, I can see this every so often that it's here mm -hmm. and it's available uh, and, you know, just comes and goes, then there won't be any buy-in or there's really no community. You're not creating community. Um, right. Right. And people so have so many. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just say people have so many uh, like um, touch points. Uh, there's so many people that are posting online all the time, so they're gonna forget you if you're posting once a month. You know that sort of thing. Exactly. Okay. Now I was gonna say, so tell me of an instance where you have seen God at work online, or or have encountered God online. Yeah, I've got two answers to this. If that's all right. <laughs> that is um, fine. I'd love to hear them. Great. First kind of generic answer, I guess, would just be there's always those moments where either maybe you post something, I post something or a, a church themselves or a church leader posts something and someone's like, I needed that post that that's what I needed today. And I always feel like that's some sort of God moment there that the person, you know, was maybe trying to share something that was impactful for them didn't know where it was going to land with whom. And, and then there was that one person that just needed to hear that or needed to, to be invited into that, that thought. Um, so that's, to me, that's always a God moment when it does happen. Uh, as far as where is God at work online? I think really anytime people are connected through a digital 
through a digital connection touch point. Uh, so we were just talking, Christopher, about how you found us online on maybe Instagram through someone else that found us on Instagram. Uh, I think yeah. most of the podcast uh, episodes I've been on, it's been like, hey, I saw your TikTok and thought you'd be great to talk to. And I was like, wow, um, that's really neat. And I've seen that happen, not just with Digi, but in you know personal situations in other ways. Uh, as a personal example, um, my husband and I just got back from Yosemite National Park. Very, very fun. Got to see California. Never been there. Um, never been to that park. And we went with a friend that I actually met online a couple of years ago uh, through a hashtag. Like we were both on this uh, debt-free journey, trying to you know pay off debt and keep people accountable that were doing the same. And we kind of connected, realized we live close to one another and eventually started you know meeting up for coffee or whatever and now i went to california just just to visit her it was like what this my mind was blown a little bit i was like wow internet friends turned real life friends i think that that connects towards faith communities so strongly uh that there's these opportunities for relationships to be online digital for a long time and, and maybe have occasional in-person connections or not and, and that they can still be safe, valuable, healthy, fulfilling relationships. So to me, that I've, I'm breathing into God at work online lately, coming back from that trip. I like that. Breathing into God at work online. Yeah. I like that. Um, that's, that's cool. Um, I find the same thing. I mean, um, many friends, well, I mean, it's just, you know, in the beginning of the internet, it was something, it was a place we went to, you know what I mean? Now it's just a place we exist. Uh, and as a result, yes, the, the relationship, you know, we're going to make relationships, uh, you know, build community and those type of things. And, you know, it's like, and to me, it's, you know, we have kind of have to switch from that mentality of, you know, especially people that just don't live online all day. I mean, I do. <laughs> and I, you know, even pre-COVID, I've been running a remote team for 10 years and, you know, we've been all online all this time. Um, and so we just exist online now. Um, and, you know, what, how, what advice would you have for churches that, I mean, like they, because quite honestly, a lot of the people that are involved in churches are sometimes, you know, they're still kind of living the old paradigm and they don't exist online. I mean, they go online, but they don't exist mm -hmm. online. Because I just think there's, there's a certain, you know, all jobs and almost everything today, it just, you exist online and maybe right. COVID is going to help a lot more people do that. But, you know, how do we help? How would, how would, what advice would you give churches? Like, how do they start, you know, adjusting their mindset to see that, you know, everybody's online all the time. They're just connected. Um, and if we want to connect with them, we need to be there as well. It's a loaded question. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, there's two, there's two ways of answering that because it, if the church is not aware, like if they need to be enlightened that there are people online, maybe that's a different question. It's like, sure. wow, all right, let me give you some statistics. Let's talk to your members about this. Have you not talked to your members about this? Uh, like maybe, and, and certainly there are communities where maybe no one's spending time online or much time yeah. online based on their demographic. And then you still got to consider what digital uh, communication methods could be helpful for this community anyway, even though they're, you know, maybe not lurking around Instagram and TikTok like people of my generation might be. 
there's still definitely ways to use digital communication to reach them, to connect with them. On the other side, churches that know that, yeah, our members are online, we know that this is a thing, we just like haven't made the shift yet. Um, I do think it, it comes down to prioritization. And that's, I mean, that's time, money, staffing that needs to be seriously discussed. That's not just something that kind of like slowly happens over time, like, oh, we will give our, our youth person or our office person like, you know, permission to create an Instagram account and that will solve all our woes or whatever. Like that's going to take some dedication. Um, and again, you got to know where your people are, know where it's worth um, being online. And one thing we like to uh, emphasize is why are you online? Because it's one thing to connect with your community uh, the people that are already in your church or your, your faith community and, and reach them outside of that one hour on a Sunday or whatever it is, you know, Bible studies here and there. But then it's another thing to say, we as a church are not only connected online, but we want to reach out online. Like we want to prioritize TikTok or Instagram Reels or some of these more viral platforms that are going to be sent off to everyone, <clears throat> excuse me, beyond those that are just following your, your Facebook page. Um, we wanna reach people even if they never, never, ever, ever, ever come in our building or ever sign up for whatever. Uh, so it's, it, it needs to be intentional. Yeah, and, I, and there has to be a strategy. What Absolutely. would you say about, because I agree with you, like how are we reaching those people beyond, uh, you know, there are, there are other, that are not already connected with, with us or with an individual church. Um, and I think that connection is important. Do you have any tips or advice? Because what I'm hearing from some uh, church leaders right now is like, we can tell people are worshiping with us online or look, we get, you know, Instagram real just went somewhat viral or something yeah. viral for the church probably. Right. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, so, but, so we know people are viewing this, we are engaging with our content. How can we begin to identify them and engage with them uh, in a little bit more personal uh, manner? Do you have any tips or advice along those lines? Sure. I, well, I think don't, don't be afraid to reach out would be one thing um, in those digital spaces, because that's probably where those people are most comfortable existing anyway. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be like super aggressive or anything, but I, I know some people, I mean, you know, 10 years ago in ministry, you wondered, is it okay to send a message directly to someone, this like direct message idea? Yeah. Um, or, and, and to not be afraid of that. And maybe, you know, that means figuring out some safety boundaries or whatever guidelines around that. Um, but to recognize their comfort zone and, and respond in that man manner, if possible. Now, if your tweet or your reel goes viral, you know, maybe you don't know who liked it or you don't know who's viewing it or whatever. And then I would say, pay attention to what content is doing well and see if there are ways to create similar Instagram reels, similar TikToks uh, related to that, that you can kind of capitalize off of this virality, so to speak. So, you know, people are interested in this, Maybe they want to hear more about it. They want to learn more about what you're saying. Uh, how can you teach them more? If it was humorous, you know, maybe you can show them more about what your faith is in a humorous way. Uh, lots of different reasons people will go viral. The other thing, if it's like TikTok specifically, um, you can comment another tweet uh, or another, sorry, another TikTok video as like a, 
as like the primary comment that people will see. So a lot of people will go on TikTok and they're watching the TikTok videos, but they're also reading the comments. If you've never read the comments on TikTok videos, highly recommend. It can be very interesting uh, to see what people are saying. And a lot of time creators, when a, a TikTok will go viral, they will like respond in the first, yeah, in like the first comment, um, so to say. And so this is an opportunity for people to go, wow, this is interesting. Let me see what the comments are saying, or let me see if this person like left a description and they click into that and then they see, oh, you made a little reflection video about this. I can watch this. You're not going to get as many views on that video as your initial viral one, but it's just another way to say, I acknowledge you watched my video. Here's another thought. Well, and it's kind of, like you said, yeah, not everybody's going to do it, but those that are curious, uh, it's, you know, it's taking time to go that extra mile, if you will, to try to connect. Because uh, that's the, I don't think by and large people mean to kind of not connect online, but they don't realize, you know, it's not just you put it out there and they come, you actually have to follow up and, um, and kind of have a strategy for that. And so I appreciate that. It also tells me I need to go play with TikTok more. Because uh, it's fun. It's, it's like a part two. And then people will sometimes go on and on and do part three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you're like, okay, you've done enough with this. <laughs> do something else. I actually, and I'll confess right now, I actually have not even been on TikTok. Uh, oh, you're I probably safer of, that way, honestly. <laughs> I know. Well, I took the initial, I was like, I don't have time for one other thing. If there's really any great content over there, it's going to jump the ship, mm -hmm. which it does. And I'll see it on the networks I spend most of my time on. So I've seen TikToks, but I will say last week, I... I got, I mean, cause yeah, it's a time suck, but it's so much uh -huh. fun. I don't, I, I was not on TikTok, but I was on Instagram reels uh -huh. and, I, and I didn't even mean to go in there, but one of my friends shared something, uh, you know, a video. Um, and then that got me into reels and just, I don't know what happened to an hour of my day. Oh, um, for sure. I was having fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anyway. they're, they're, they are deadly as far as your time sometimes. But yeah. I think they're, they're an awesome opportunity for faith communities uh, to, to show a little bit behind the scenes, to, to show like a little bit of a relaxed, I mean, you know, not all of them are funny, but certainly people make funny TikToks and reels. Um, you can make educational ones. Like it's just this way of leaning into the way people are interacting already and saying like, we're not above this or we're not too good for this or whatever. We want to try it and it might look really silly, but we're here. We're showing up. There's value in so, that. Tell me, um, how does digital and online ministry, does it give you any hope for the future of the church? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like an example, kind of just what I said, like the church is saying, okay, we're going to try to roll with this. It's proof that churches can change. They can adapt along the way. We know that we've seen that certainly in other ways, but uh, there are so many, um, you haven't been on TikTok. Maybe it's on Instagram Reels too, but if you go on TikTok and you search the hashtag progressive clergy, there are so many very active progressive clergy members that are, diving into this and going totally viral not because they are full of themselves or anything they're just teaching about this new way not new way of faith but 
a way of faith that not everyone has heard about, you know, very um, accepting faith. So you, that's interesting because I had never even thought about looking for a hashtag. Well, because I guess I've been on so long, so long now because I, well, not to totally age myself. I mean, I've been playing on computers since the early 80s. So I was online kind of from the beginning. And just the church wasn't there. So I sure. guess I would never even think about doing progressive Christianity. But it reminded me, last night I was skimming your book. We'll put hey, thank you. <laughs> uh, we were, we were, I was skimming your book. And I remember I saw that. You were saw like that. the hashtags for progressive uh, pastor or progressive. And I was like, wouldn't even thought to do that. But yeah. it was cool. Um Anyways, I, that's in her book, everybody. You should check it out on her website. We'll get you that link in a minute. But um, yeah, I like that. I mean, it just, it becomes, if this is where we're at and this is what we believe and this is who we are, then we just need to live that out online. Um, um, yeah. And you asked about hope. Um, yes. but in that ebook, we, we were fortunate enough to be able to highlight about 20 progressive spiritual leaders of some sort doing digital ministry in a way that we were excited about. So that was just cool to be able to say, look at what this church or this leader is doing. Maybe you can do something like it. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but how can we learn from one another and see that cool thing that that leader's doing and, and adapt it for your own community? That gives me hope. Yeah, I, I'm, gonna, I'm excited to go check out some of the ones that I didn't know. I knew I knew a few of the ones sure. uh, that you listed here, and I'm going to have to go start following the rest of them. Uh, Good. But I mean, and that's the exciting thing is just like getting introduced to new people online that are doing some really cool stuff. I just got mm-hmm. last night, a friend of mine introduced me to a new priest, uh, Episcopal priest, and she's doing some interesting things. And we're going to reach out to her to be on the show as well. But Yay. I was like, you know, she's been doing this for a couple of years and I'm just learned of her last night. So, wow. uh, you know, that's, it's exciting, uh, to me as well. <laughs> that's, I guess that's where the hope, what I feel hope, not that I, not that you asked me, but I get <laughs> what makes me so excited about digital ministry in a lot of ways is like I said, I've been playing with computers since the early eighties. Mm-hmm. I've been online since the beginning. I've been highly involved in the church. Um, and what I really love, especially is about, I finally feel like the church has kind of come and joined in my life. Mm. And what's, you know, it's now, you know, the, it's a part of my life. Um, it's not just, oh, I have these two separate boxes. It's like the church is here playing in what has been the most important part of my life, how I pay the bills and all kinds of things. Um, yeah. You know, and the church is now here and that excites me and that gives me lots of hope. Are you seeing anything, you know, because I know like now I can attend church anywhere. What are you seeing as far as like, uh, you know, people participating in faith communities that are not within driving distance of them. Honestly, that's one of the coolest things for me to see um, is when people feel comfortable enough to be a part of a community that they are not physically close to. I First of all, I think that says something about the way that that, that leadership is operating, that they are, you, you have to prioritize that to, to make someone feel comfortable enough. You have to be, you know, actively welcoming people that are not in your building or are not maybe the people you already know. Um, so first of all, I think that's just exciting to know that there are leaders that are doing that. Um, I also love that churches are figuring out what that looks like beyond just like, okay, they watched our uh, like live stream of our service on Sunday. Uh, like, I've, I've heard of communities where they're, you know, accepting these people as members and just like 
we've never done this, but we're going to figure it out with you. And I just, I'd love that. Um, not that you ask, but one of my biggest pieces of advice <laughs> uh, is, is to like lean into failure, like not be afraid of failure is what I'm saying. Like you might've never done something before and okay, churches with COVID certainly, okay. You've gotten used to like doing things and failing that you've never done before, but in general, even if life kind of settles into normal, whatever that means, not be afraid of trying new things and not be afraid of failing because for sure it could be scary if someone from across the country is like, I want to fully participate in your community but what are you going to do? Uh, you know, you got to figure out. And if you're going to welcome them, how are you going to welcome them totally? So yes, it excites me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like what you said about don't be afraid to fail. I mean, yeah. and I think that's an important piece of advice right now because we've never done online church before church. I mean, this is all new. Yeah. And so we don't know, you know, what are the best practices? So we're all going to kind of be learning together. And the only way we're going to learn is to try things. Hey, this this sounds like a good idea. Try it. Mm-hmm. It'll work and you can keep iterating and make it better or it's going to fall on its face. And OK, what lessons do we learn? So when we try the next experiment, uh, you yeah. know, so it's not really, you know, it's like what it's a learning experience and it'll inform what you try next. Um, right. As opposed to failure. The Internet is going to keep changing, too. You've seen that, I'm sure, since the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, and I, I see it. Uh, we often pay attention we to some. We have to put phones on modems. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Thank God we've gotten past it. <laughs> um, we, we try to pay attention to like, kind of like the influencer scene and and how secular people are using social media to grow their following because we think that there's a lot of correlation. Like that's how people are learning how to connect. How does the church? can the church use any of this type of thing? And we see it in the secular world too. Like the internet changes so fast. People are into this one day and then a couple of weeks later, this isn't the trend anymore. This isn't what's capturing attention anymore. I know it's a lot and I know it's a little overwhelming at times, but hopefully the work that, you know, people like you, Christopher, and, and we do can kind of help people keep, yeah. keep going, keep going, keep failing. We're failing together. It's okay. It's going to keep happening. Along well, it goes back to your your first piece of advice at the very beginning start where your people are and what you're good at um and then yeah. you know and then you can keep learning from there yeah. uh and that'll help you that'll help with the overwhelm uh because yeah i i agree if you try to do sure. it all i can't even do it all anymore hence why i'm not on tiktok uh <laughs> not yet actually, i've been well that's honestly the last month i've been thinking it's probably time to hop in there uh you know um, what about, I guess one of the things that I'm concerned about, you know, I think I was, you know, COVID did force the church online in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. The church caught up about 10 yeah. years, what I figure. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, and, 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 uh, and in some places it's, you know, churches are safe to gather again. Um, and I know a lot of people are giving, uh, you know, a plan on continuing doing things online. Uh, but I'm also nervous, you know, you know, what's, you know, I guess, what is that going to look like long-term and will the churches be able to sustain this, you think, mm-hmm. or are they just going to get, you know, in another two or three months, that's kind of hard. I just will keep doing the in-person thing or how, what do you think that's going to look like in another few months and how should churches navigate that? Oof. 
I really have no idea what it's going to look like in a few months, just because I don't know if we know what the world is going to look like in a few months, unfortunately. That is true, too, yes. Um, I, I think there's something to say about repurposing content, repurposing work, as far as, yeah, online. I'm a picture, uh, I'm a picture leader for that. Oh, yes. good. We, we are, too. I mean, yeah, like... Just because you... That was supposed to be a yay fist, like a pom-pom, but... No, I, I felt it. I felt the cheer. Yeah. <laughs> yay. Yes. Uh, you know, just because you're working on a Bible study every week or a sermon or a, a short mini message or whatever it is, it doesn't mean you have to do that every single day online. It doesn't mean, like, that can't come out in your email newsletter or that can't... Like, there are so many different touch points and avenues for digital and in-person ministry, like overlap is fine and encouraged and people aren't going to hear it all the first time anyway you know that i mean church leaders know that uh so take that sermon take that whatever you put your your heart and soul into and pick out the pieces and are there ways that that can be repurposed and and of course even saying that you know that makes it easier if you're not doing that but it doesn't make it easy uh that's still a lot of extra work that's still another five things on your list list and you need to create a system and things like that but but i think you're right you know something what i love about the concept of repurposing is you know and you talked about the secular world i've spent some time with a lot of the marketing uh, in the marketing net uh, yeah marketing world here in dallas and um networking with those people and and you know they, they always talk about content is king Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, you know, and they're sometimes struggling to make content. I'm sitting there going, man, the church, we make so much original content week in yes. and week out. We yes. just don't distribute it online by and exactly. large. Exactly. And so that's where this whole repurpose, you know, most of these pastors um, have a wealth of content that they've created that they can uh, begin to use. And so I love your suggestion of just, just start repurposing it. Um, yes. It will be a little bit one more. But I mean, once you kind of figure it out and create a system, you know, then you can invite a volunteer in uh, to yes. maybe that system for you. Uh, probably not good to have them create the system, but <laughs> right. <laughs> but they can, you know, execute on that. And All right. So, oh, I'm go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, it depends where your church is at or your community is at too, because some communities might have the means to hire someone too for a couple hours a week and maybe a couple hours is all it takes to be able to get a few uh, connection pieces going and and monitor that. So something to consider. Well, um, unfortunately we're almost out of time, which I want want to keep going. Um, (laughs) But uh, I'm going to give you, do you have any last thoughts or any last uh, advice that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Uh, yeah, I, I think one thing I like to throw out there, and of course it comes with its own, you got to figure out your own boundaries with this, what makes sense for you, but encouraging leaders to be vulnerable online and, and to show up as themselves online um, because it's it's very it's very easy to hide behind the camera and it, you know, to maybe you're just showing up to preach or whatever, um, but otherwise you're just taking pictures here and there. It's easy to try to make it like about the church or the community at large, which it is, but people connect with people. people yes. So when your staff shows up, when your leadership volunteers show up, when your pastor shows up online and like shows their face and connects with people, there's something 
very valuable that happens and i think real connection can form there yeah that's it i love that people connect with people so yeah i mean we have uh yes uh there we go people connect with people we're gonna leave that we'll leave that we'll leave that today um so that is all the time that we have for today. I want to say thanks, Sammy, uh, for being our guest on how we do digital ministry. I want to invite all of our listeners there to make sure that you subscribe to our podcast, or if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. And I want you to follow Sammy. So I'm going to say, hey, Sammy, how can our listeners find and follow you online? Sure. So we have a lot of good stuff on our website, digivangelism.org, that they can check out as far as, you know, merch or ebooks or more things to come in the next month or two. Um, but as far as following us on social media, we are Digivangelism on everything. I'm sure you'll link that below. We are most yeah. active on Instagram and TikTok. And then we have a weekly YouTube video and blog post that they can check out if they would like. Awesome. So we will link to all those in the bottom. I want to say thanks to all of our listeners for listening today. We want to connect with you in other ways as well. Uh, we have a private Facebook group cleverly titled How We Do Digital Ministry. Uh, the link is in the show notes. I want to invite you to join that Facebook group. It is an opportunity for you to connect with other leaders to discuss all things digital ministry in the other six days of the week when there isn't an episode of How We Do Digital Ministry to listen to. So uh, be sure to click the Facebook link and, um, and join us over there. Until next week, I want to say peace and blessings to you all. <laughs>